Welcome to the IG Living Advocate. I am your host, Abby Cornett, the patient advocate for IG Living Magazine, the only magazine dedicated to patients who are treated with immune globulin products and to their care providers. Each podcast episode will give our listeners an opportunity to hear from experts on a topic important to you. IG Living Advocate, episode number three. How to successfully exercise when you have a chronic illness. Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Abby Cornett, and I'm the patient advocate for IG Living Magazine. This podcast is brought to you by IG Living to give readers an opportunity to hear from healthcare experts on topics important to them. In this episode, we will be talking about how to successfully exercise when you have a chronic illness. Today, we have with us guest speaker, Matt Hansen. Matt has a clinical background in physical therapy with a specialty in chronic health conditions. He's a passionate advocate for population health and holistic care, believing that when recipients of care are a partner in the process and the center of every decision made, true and lasting differences can be made for their well-being. Because of his desire to improve healthcare and the impact it has had on others in a functional setting, Matt has spent the last 10 years in home health. He currently serves as the executive director for the Home Care and Hospice Association of Utah and has deputy roles with the Home Care Association of Colorado, the Colorado Chapter of American Physical Therapy Association, and the Home Health Academy of American Physical Therapy Association. Matt is also a healthcare and business practice consultant and a successful entrepreneur with 15 years of professional writing and speaking experience. He loves being able to do his part to make the world a better place. Good morning, Matt, and thank you for joining us. The matter of how to start an exercise program can be a difficult one for everyone, but for those with a chronic illness, it can even be more challenging. I thought today we could cover some of the questions patients might have. The first question that I have is, who should a patient consult with when thinking about starting an exercise program? Thank you, Abby. It's great to be here. Uh, individuals should start by consulting with their doctor or whoever their primary care practitioner is before beginning any exercise program. Uh, they'll have the best understanding of each patient's specific condition, uh, what special precautions should be considered, etc. Some doctors may feel comfortable helping to set up a program, but if they're not, they can refer patients to a physical therapist or athletic trainer who has a background in working with individuals who have a chronic illness. It often doesn't take more than one to three visits for an exercise professional to get to know the person and their needs and help set up a program that they can then be followed at home. But just to be sure to check, just be sure to check back with that professional periodically, or at least anytime there's a significant change in health to reassess the program. Um, and I always recommend that people, if they have any type of a change in their symptoms as well, or if they experience severe or lasting pain from any of the activities, they should stop consulting that healthcare professional. Thank you, Matt. What, once a patient has been given the okay by their doctor to exercise, how do they choose where to exercise? Can you please go over some of the pros and cons of exercising at home versus at a gym and some of the other factors patients need to consider when they are making their decisions? I can. Yes, that's a great question. There are a number of factors to consider. My initial response would be to go somewhere you feel safe and motivated to exercise. There are a lot of pros and cons of both exercising at home and at a gym. 
for example, even though most gyms are going above and beyond to apply infection control, especially right now with the COVID pandemic, it's still not your home environment. And there are a lot of sweaty bodies, breathing hard, and potentially not wiping down equipment after using it. Um, the social aspect of a gym can be a great motivator for some people, but it can also be a detriment to others. You know, exercising in front of others or worried about what they look like in their in their workout clothes, et cetera. Um, however, during the pandemic, streaming classes where you can interact with instructors and other participants from home has provided another option. And then finally, I'd say another benefit of gyms can be the proximity and access to trainers who, if informed in your condition, can help to adjust and advance the exercises appropriately. However, their services usually come at an additional cost. And that extra step of having to get up and go to the gym is enough to keep many people from being consistent. I've read reports that somewhere in the neighborhood of 80% of new gym attendees who signed up for, you know, for the gym in January as part of a New Year's resolution have quit within five months. Uh, so fortunately, though, there, just about any exercise can be adapted to perform at home. Thank you. That was very informative. The, so after a patient decides where they're going to exercise, the, the next question is where a lot of people get stuck. Um, how do they get started? What would be your recommendation? Um, this is one of my favorite things to talk about with people. Um, because if you have desires to do something, start today. Don't wait. You know, have that conversation with your doctor and get started. Uh, oftentimes, people fall into the New Year's mentality and wait to get started. They set a date sometime in the future. They get pumped up. And then they come off of the starting block of a sprint. The problem with that is, is that you usually overdo it. They're all they're pumped up with adrenaline, they're excited, and they come out and they just overdo it and they end up burning themselves out, or worse yet, they injure themselves, then they stop. So they're rather than starting at a sprint a week or a month from now, start at a walk, metaphorically speaking, right? But start now. Start by doing a little bit more and warming up to a full program. As you do, you'll get to know your body and its current abilities and limitations better. And then again, physical therapist or a properly trained athletic trainer can be a great resource to get started, but be sure that they're familiar with, familiar with your condition uh, or willing to become familiar with it by doing some homework. Thank you very much. Matt, I know you've already answered the pros and cons of exercising at home versus at a gym, but for many of our listeners, going to the gym is not an option because of their illness. Can you give them some suggestions on how they can start an exercise program at home um, if they don't have any equipment? Definitely. Uh, someone might think that they don't have exercise equipment at home, but they do. Many household items can be used as exercise equipment. Um, for example, to create more resistance, a gallon of milk or water bottles that are filled with either water or sand can be used as lightweights. Um, there are you know, a thousand different adaptations that can be made. But even without equipment, the body's own weight can be used as resistance. So if you think of a push-up, for example, um, but then that push-up can be modified. So you can do a wall push-up. Um, there are a lot of different examples, standing hip extension or standing and extending your leg behind you, which targets some of the, uh, the well, it targets the glutes, right? Um, that can be adapted so that you're doing pelvic bridging or wall squats or even stepping up onto a lower step can help to target those same muscles. So you just don't need a lot of space to exercise either. You, you can get your heart rate up for aerobic activity by marching in place, using a stationary bike, climbing stairs, or just walking or jogging around the block. Thank you, Matt. 
once patients have decided to start an exercise program, and I know you you covered this a little bit when you just talked about, you know, start at a walk versus a run, how should they set their goals? And what is the best way to keep track of their progress through their uh, fitness program? Uh, another good question. Um, first and foremost, I say it's important to set goals that are functional in nature. So make goals that mean something for you. Uh, being able to bench press 200 pounds might sound like a cool goal, and it might give someone some bragging rights, but how's that really going to improve your day-to-day activity? So think about things that you can do that are going to make a difference in your function, make you feel good about yourself, but also help you to do more in life, you know, improving stamina, et cetera. Secondly, it's important to have long-term goals and short-term goals, which will help you achieve your long-term goals. For example, if you want to be able to stay on your feet and walk for 30 minutes consecutively without your joints hurting, Uh, and getting stiff, you may need to start with a goal of five minutes and then celebrate those short-term goals as they're achieved and make them your new baseline uh, as you continue to steadily work towards where you want to be. And it's okay. I mean, there are ebbs and flows, particularly in the disease process. And if you found that you've regressed some, that's all right. Don't feel you have to go out again and do everything you can to catch up, right? Steadily continue your program as you're able to. Um, and then finally, I said, be realistic about what can be achieved in a short time period and don't be afraid to take those baby steps. Um, with regards, you asked also as far as tracking, I highly recommend an exercise journal. Journals can be a great tool for many things, including symptom management um, and exercise is no exception. Write down how you feel after a workout, what worked, what didn't work, uh, and record your activities so that you can see your progress. Thank you. You know, I really like when you said celebrate your successes. Um, that's something we we all frequently forget to do. Um, th- I'd like to thank you again for joining us today to discuss this important issue of how patients with a chronic illness can start a successful exercise program. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us today. Additional information regarding this podcast can be found on our website at www.igliving.com. If readers have a question that was not answered, please contact me at acornet at igliving.com. Look for the next IG Living podcast announcement on our website for the opportunity to submit your questions. IG Living Advocate is a copyright production of IG Living Magazine published by FFF Enterprises and is the only magazine for immunoglobin community comprised of patients who suffer from chronic illness and their caregivers.